Welcome to the Activist Insight podcast, Beyond the Boardroom, a supplement to our monthly podcast, which takes you through the top shareholder activism stories as told by Activist Insight Monthly. Here, we discuss shareholder activism with some of the industry's top experts. I'm Kieran Paul, and today we are chatting with Alyssa Barry, Vice President of Capital Markets and Communications at Sandpiper Group. Since 2017, Sandpiper gained nine board seats at target companies like Granite Reit and Extendicare through settlements sometimes brought on by a proxy fight. Today, Alyssa will talk to us about Sandpiper's process for retaining independent board nominees. So let's begin. First of all then, can you just tell us a little bit more about Sandpiper? Sandpiper Group is a real estate private equity firm based in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We manage currently over 500 million AUM and have been focused the last several years on the Canadian REIT space. We've taken, I would say, our public company experience and private real estate market knowledge and experience to conduct very rigorous due diligence and ultimately we're on the hunt for deep value opportunities that will deliver the best risk-adjusted returns for our investors. We've developed a reputation as activist investors, taking meaningful ownership positions in investee companies to gain influence and affect positive change. Is your preference to be in the boardroom yourselves or to have independent nominees in the boardroom representing you? We've been really fortunate over the past several years to have very strong, qualified, independent nominees support us in the boardrooms, along with a nominee of Sandpiper. And we've had nominees representing us, meaning they're there without us being in the boardroom with them. We've really had both those situations. And when I say represent, it's not as though the nominee is there speaking on our behalf with an obligation to Sandpiper. They're truly there as an independent fiduciary who ultimately we've chosen to appoint, and typically as a result of a settlement. Agreement. All that to say, our preference is always to be in the boardroom, which gives us greater ability to have influence over strategy, capital allocation, and ultimately have greater control over our investments. But under the right circumstances, including having the right nominee, certainly we're also comfortable having an independent nominee in the boardroom. So what makes a good independent nominee, and why is it so important for them to be independent? I think it's important for companies to recognize that activist nominees can be more of an asset rather than a disruptive force. We've seen nominees become increasingly independent in the recent years and possess skills and experiences applicable to specific industries. As it relates to our nominees, we evaluate them based on their skills and experience with a bias towards those who have executive leadership experience and perhaps strategic and financial engineering experience. We also look for nominees that are campaigners by nature or activists by nature, the highly questioning type, having sound judgment, and then ultimately being able to wield influence in a way that's not overpowering. We also think about culture and fit. And this is challenging to do when we're not in the boardroom, of course, and haven't experienced firsthand the culture of the board. But I believe you can gather a lot about a boardroom culture by looking at the management team, dissecting governance and disclosure documents, and simply studying the profiles of the incumbents. Quite often, particularly in the Canadian real estate space where we're focused, more often than not, we'll know one or more of the incumbents as well. I also think it's important to know that we don't select nominees to do our bidding. That doesn't work. It could hurt our nominee and us. And instead, we focus on things like alignment and their ability to add value. The one other thing that I'll add is I have a personal view that activist nominees are really as independent as they come. 
We've seen firsthand or heard of situations where a board is going through a refreshment process and scrambles to find nominees to a point. The board member is often driven by your nominating committee and or the CEO. They go through their Rolodex, they call up a friend to fill a vacancy. And I'm not suggesting that those nominees are not independent, but if you have an activist who has a roster of 50 prospective nominees, each possessing different experiences and skill sets, we're always going to put forward the strongest and most qualified. And then how do you approach actually recruiting independent nominees for the engagements that Sandpiper gets involved in? We have a process that I would describe as both formal and informal. We proactively reach out to prospective nominees, some through a mutual warm introduction. Other times we'll reach out directly, and we might do that through LinkedIn, for example. We receive inbounds from prospective nominees who've been watching the work that we do and who want to put their name forward to be considered for future opportunities we get involved in. Word of mouth is also strong, whereby peers are telling others that Sandpiper has a roster and that you may want to put your name forward also and get on that list. We also keep an eye on some of the top directors or trustees out there in the real estate industry, which is our primary area of focus. We monitor their movement and reach out to them as we may see appropriate. At this point, we don't use traditional recruiting firms. We don't really see the need for them at this stage. We do have a strong relationship with an organization called Women Get On Board, based in Canada, founded by Deborah Rosati, and we're in the process of developing other similar relationships with strong, credible third-party organizations. Right then, so once you've identified a potential director you'd like to recruit, how do you then go about doing that? So we believe relationships take time and it's important to get to know our nominees and for them to get to know us. For situations that are more time sensitive, we would reach out, clear conflict and then address confidentiality and then walk them through our thesis on the company. For new prospects, we like to meet face to face get to know each other, understand their board aspirations, background experience. We ask them which committees they may feel that they're most qualified to serve on. And we have multiple members of Sandpiper senior management team meet with prospects over the course of that process. It's also a bit bi-directional of an exercise where we're getting to know them as they're getting to know us. And this is really important as we believe fit has to go both ways. And then once we've socialized a nominee to our thesis and plans and they've agreed to put their name forward, we keep them engaged throughout the process. We keep them in the know as it relates to our engagement with the company. We feel that good communication with our nominees is important and allows them to be part of the process. Do you get resistance from prospects who don't want to be associated with an activist? Great question. You may be surprised to hear this, but most people we've engaged with are pretty keen to work with us. I've had a few prospects I've reached out to who have politely declined, whether it's due to their current commitments or not wanting to be associated with us, and we completely respect this. But I'll share with you, one nominee put it to me best, and she said something along the lines of, why would I not want to back an activist? They've got a plan, and if I'm aligned with that plan, together we can work to move it forward. You as the activist are highly motivated to create value, so I'd rather support you than serve on a board that's stagnant. And I thought she put that really nicely. But what about in the case of a proxy contest? Are some directors reluctant to take part in that sort of situation? So we have this conversation with all of our prospects. The majority are, I would say, supportive of putting their name forward, whether it's a settlement or proxy contest, and regardless of how we get there. And we talk to them about how a proxy contest can be like running a political campaign, can get heated. So I would say 9 out of 10 understand this and are prepared to go all the way if needed. 
While it's never certain, we often can sense relatively early on in our engagement with an issuer whether we're heading down a proxy path or settlement. Okay, so then do you think boards give activist nominees a fair hearing when they promise to interview them as part of a public campaign? Or do you think that this is just posturing for the fight? I think it's important to recognize and appreciate that often in a settlement situation, the activist is putting forward several CVs for the board's consideration. So they're going to go through an interview process, sometimes several rounds of interviews. For her recent settlement we were involved in, we put forward nominees based on the skill sets and experiences that the board had indicated to us they wanted to fill. And we obliged and put forward individuals who met their desired criteria. And for that specific situation, we had actually identified seven prospects and ended up narrowing it down to two or three based on what the board told us they were looking for. As far as a fair hearing goes, that's unfortunately not always the case. We've had situations where our nominees have been given a 30-minute phone interview slot where the majority of the questioning is focused on what their relationship is with Sandpiper. And in those situations, I would say our nominees are really good about bringing it back to their own experience and how they can positively contribute to the board. This aspect of any initiative we're engaged in can be very telling insofar as understanding the true colors of the incumbent board or the committees. Are they really out there to do what's best for all shareholders or unit holders or do they have a different agenda? What happens once your independent nominees get in the boardroom? Ultimately, each situation is different. We've had situations where our nominees have been embraced by the incumbents in management, and we've also had situations where our nominees have faced some level of resistance. At the end of the day, I think it comes down to a couple of things. In the more resistant situations, you need to work a lot harder to raise the collective intelligence in the room. Number two, spending time outside of the scheduled board meetings to get to know management and your fellow board members can really go a very long way and result in greater impact and chance of success. And then number three, director is a director. It should never be settled director versus elected director. Equal is equal. At the end of the day, everyone is there on behalf of the investors of the company, and that should always be the focus. Thank you, Alyssa. My pleasure. Thank you again for having me. That was Alyssa Barry, a Vice President at Sandpiper Group. That's it for this episode of the Activist Insight Podcast Beyond the Boardroom. If you would like to join us on a future episode, or if you have any comments or questions, please do email us at press at activistinsight.com. Please as well do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're using to help others access our reporting. I'm Kieran Paul. Thanks for listening.